Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. We are joined today by Megan Keithen. She is the founder of Queen of Ops, a, an expert when it comes to hiring operations and project management talent for agencies. She's coming from a background in operations and HR, anywhere from boutique firms all the way to Fortune 50 companies, and she's here today to help us figure out how to get amazing talent in our business so that we can have smooth operations and win the incredibly competitive hiring game that's going on right now. So with all of that, Megan, thank you so much for making time for us on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here as a fan of your show and a friend of yours. Well, I am so excited to have you here. Um, The last time that we connected, I feel like we had an hour booked and we talked for two and we could just nerd out um, over all of this stuff forever. Um, but before uh, we turn this into the one hour uh, Megan butt kissing hour, I want to give you a chance to share with everyone what you do and how you do it. And then we'll dive into the questions. Awesome. Well, we help agencies hire and retain really great talent. And actually this is a little bit of a pivot since the last time you and I talked is we were primarily focused on the, just the hiring side. We always said that we help people retain, but we didn't have a real structure uh, or I should say a structured part of our offer for that. And we're, we've now built that out and we're able to deliver retention into our clients' businesses, uh, primarily focused on leadership and culture for them. So we, we basically help people to build their teams and lead their teams. Amazing. And this is coming from when we talk about today's conversation, I just want to frame this in terms of the context. You've done well over 1,500 placements at this point in this space. Um, That's in combination of your career and then since you've started the Queen of Ops. So this is no small sample size that we're referring to today, and you truly are an expert when it comes to this stuff. So with that said, I'm curious, what are the big challenges that you see clients facing time and time again when they're trying to get this sorted out? Yeah, I think the the biggest thing, and everyone is experiencing this right now, is, it, I mean, it, it comes to retention. And so it's like, all right, well, what's the biggest issue with retention? And it's small agencies can't compete with the money that big agencies can throw at the team members that they have really worked so hard to train and retain themselves, um, that they've spent money on recruiting and hiring and all of this. And, um, and what we're seeing is this is a, a universal across the board, small agencies, big agencies, are all struggling with the same thing. Even the monster agencies that are stealing talent, they're struggling with the same thing. And uh, and so it, it really, what it is, is that like everyone is lacking, honestly, what's behind 
retention problems is usually culture and leadership. So everyone is lacking the culture and leadership that meet human needs, that make people want to stay. People, they don't leave because of because they can get more money. They leave because they're unhappy and more money feels like a good enough reason. Hmm. So how, how do we start to break that vicious cycle? Um, and, you know, I think I can resonate with what you're saying because historically the agency industry has been notorious for overworking people for this playbook of, you know, my POV on it has always been like, okay, like the team just ends up subsidizing bad process, bad management, bad sales, bad uh, ability to scope uh, projects, manage scope, manage client relationships, um, bad positioning, like just all the things that give clients too much power in a, in a, a deal. And then the team just ends up kind of doubling the amount of time that they work, which cuts their hourly rate in half, which makes the project profitable in the end, but it comes at their expense. I've seen that playbook run over and over and over again, and it has been historically true. Um, and I could see how that would create a ton of problems, but how do you break the cycle? How do you break the cycle of too much masculine energy in the agency? Great question. I, I think that it starts with treating people like people and not like machines. And I think that in order to do that with our people, we have to do it with ourselves first. So that becomes a really important thing. Um, we are not good at having grace with ourselves. That's why we're high performers. We expect a lot of ourselves first. And so if we're going to start bringing a little bit of feminine energy. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not even advocating for like, oh, let's all be like super woo and like go into, I don't know, let's do like Kundalini yoga beach retreats as a group. Like that is not what I am saying. Um, I am saying like, hey, have 10% of grace with yourself and see where that leads to having grace with your team and see how your team starts to treat it differently just because uh, sorry, it starts to treat you differently just because you're treating yourself differently and you're treating them differently. Hmm. I think it was Bob Ruffalo who said to me one day, like he runs a pretty big agency impact. Uh, I don't know how big they are now, but at the time they had just gone from like 50 to hundred people in a year. And I remember him saying like, I don't even care about growth anymore for the money side of it. I just want to keep my best people. And I know I can't do that unless I'm giving them somewhere to go. Cause if they can't grow here, they'll go grow somewhere else. And that was the first time I ever kind of thought of growth in service of the team. Mm -hmm. um, Cause to your point, like that is, that is an essential part of it. It's a super essential part of um, retaining, especially high performers. Cause high performers will get super bored if they get stagnated. And if the role start, doesn't change or grow or evolve uh, for too long. Yeah. So, if I'm an agency owner, I'm listening to this and I'm going, yeah, I'm not doing any of that stuff or we really don't have any of that figured out. Where should I start to, to go down the path to addressing this? Anyone can start just by, by starting to have conversations, different conversations with their team. Uh, I just earlier today had a, a call with an agency owner who uh, was able to tell me what goals. He's worried about losing his kind of right hand person, his ops person. And as we talked through that, I kept saying, well, you need to know her goals. You need to know where she wants to go, what she wants. And he actually was able to say, well, actually you keep saying that, but I know her goals 
And I thinking that I know everything was like, well, when's the last time you had this conversation with her? And uh, like my smart ass self. And he goes, oh, last week. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, great. And that's where I would start is just knowing where people having, having kind of this open conversation. Are you moving in the direction you want to be moving in? Do you feel like you have a future here? And people are, it's sort of like when we're afraid to check our bank accounts, like early in business, we are in this place where we're like, oh my gosh, do I have enough to pay the bills? I don't want to check my bank account. And it's like, okay, but that's dumb. <laughs> and like, objectively, we can all say that's dumb, but like we do the same thing with our team members. It's sort of an emotional bank account. Have I put enough into this team member for them to want to stick around, but I'm not going to check the balance. I'm just going to like cross my fingers and hope that the balance is high enough to get them through this holiday season, to get them through Q1, to get them through busy summer. And it's like, we all know hope isn't a strategy. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. I, I love that. It's a simple advice, but I think it's the right advice, right? Like just start having this conversation, start collecting these data points. And I want to share a tactical example of somebody that I know that's recently done a great job of this. Her name is Joe. She runs a software company called Gorilla. Um, they do behavioral science software super fascinating stuff so that you can bring behavioral science experiments online. Anyway, she shared with me um, recently a framework that she does with her team on a quarterly basis where they fill out a form and they review it with her. And that form essentially asks four questions. What are you doing that feels good that you want to do more of? What feels like a lot of work for you? You know, and then it's like, where do you want to go in your career? What do you want to spend more time on? And what are the things that you feel we should get off your off your plate? And what that allows her to do is get clarity on where they want to go. It also helps her get an understanding of the things that it starts her to get her the ability to triangulate, like, what are some roles that we're going to need to hire for soon? Because these people want to get all this stuff off their plate so we can create a role and a job description out of that. And then it empowers them to start going and creating the documentation and all the things that are necessary to successfully onboard a person. And it also empowers them to be, you know, much more in control and much more in charge of their career development. And she's had amazing results from that very simple process. And it's now kind of baked into the DNA of the company. So I think that's like a very tactical example of the simple idea of like, it's just about having this conversation so that um, you're aware of it and the team feels like they've got some input and some real control over this. Yeah, I love that. That is amazing. I'm definitely going to borrow that for myself. So I want to... Um, switch gears a little bit here and talk about the recruiting side yeah. um, because I actually have actually run into a few 
clients recently where they do have a great culture and they, they did the exercise of going through and interviewing the team and they kind of uncovered from them, like, what are the things that make our agency amazing and unique and, you know, looking at it from all the different angles, like objectively, like we have really great benefits over here and culturally we have all these really great things going on and creatively we have all these really great things going on. So now we've got this picture of all the things that are great about the agency, but then how do we leverage that in the hiring process to set ourselves apart became this other challenge and a much more challenging conversation than we expected. Cause it's like, um, you know, taking a list of features and benefits and then building an amazing sales page out of that. It sounds really easy, but it's actually not that easy. Um, so when it comes to creating a hiring process that really wins and allows you to leverage those things, how do we do it? So, First thing I would say is don't let your hiring process look like anybody else's. Know every step why why this is something that you're including. Is it actually contributing to what I would call kind of like the bottom line of hiring this role? Or is it a thing that you read in a book? So like as an example, a large percentage of my clients have read the book who by Randy Street and Jeff Smart. And so they have these scorecards built out because they were told to have these scorecards built out. And they come to us with a very clear idea of what this scorecard is for, yada, yada. And they, but it's just like a process in a book or people use some, you know, they throw in some EOS stuff in there or whatever. And it's like, they have kind of a bit of a Frankenstein's monster when it comes to their hiring process because it's just been pieced together by, oh, I talked to this agency owner, I did this thing over here, I added this, and now here's here's our process, and it doesn't feel right for them. It doesn't feel like it actually conveys their core values, what matters to them as a company. It doesn't seem to necessarily, I mean, even if they're, if they have great culture, maybe one in five people it's failing, that's still really expensive. Uh, I, I just read a statistic and I think it is backed up by uh, Harvard Business Review that a bad hire costs about 20% of their annual salary. So five bad hires a year basically costs one full person per year. And I don't think anybody feels like that's something that they can afford. And even if it's something they can afford, it's not something anybody wants. It's not the outcome. So being really intentional about is this hiring process actually serving us well? What can we adjust, throw out, add in to make it really work for us? Um, how can we, it's, you got to think about it like it's an avatar. So it's like everybody has a client they serve. So is this, am, am I attracting the client I want internally? And is there something that I can do to really push away the wrong person? I think that's what a great hiring process does is it, it's actually really off-putting to the wrong person. Man, that, that's a big light bulb. I say this all the time about business development and agencies. A lot of people think they're suffering from starvation. What they're actually experiencing is indigestion. We're in the middle of an audit right now where the agency is leaving over a million dollars. They could grow 50% next year and not hire a single person if they just focused on higher quality 
revenue and not even increased their rates, just did the rates that they said they're charging to clients. It sounds like what you're saying is very similar is if you have a turnover problem or if you have a hiring problem or if you have a hiring bad fits problem, it might not be that you're starving or that you're losing the recruiting race. It's just that you're experiencing indigestion and you're experiencing indigestion because you have no leverage in the hiring process because you're so desperate when you get there that now you're willing to make all the compromises and you're not giving yourself or the candidate, frankly, the breath to actually assess if there's a good fit and go through a thorough process that's mutually beneficial. Is that, am I getting that right? Did I paraphrase that effectively? So perfectly. Very well done. I think it's a big, that's a big idea. It's a big insight. And it's one that I'm personally a huge fan of. Like I love to run test projects. Most of the people that work full time for me started as a freelancer because we started the conversation three months before we actually needed them. We were able to bring them in fractionally, do a test project together, get feedback from them on our process, see how they think. Lots of people don't work out, but a few of them that have stuck around are incredible members of our team. Um, And this is something that just kind of, maybe I'm lucky. I'm I'm making it sound like I'm smart and I knew this. I didn't. This is not something I was consciously doing. Maybe it was just intuitive to me. I don't know. But it resonates because I felt the difference of like, I need this person right now versus I feel like we're going to need somebody in this position later. I should start having conversations with people that might be a fit today. Yes, absolutely. I think... That is, again, it's something that I knew, but I didn't know that other people didn't know it because I've, this is my life. You have to start hiring for something three to six months before you know that you need it. Not three to six months before you need someone in the seat. Three to six months before you need someone. We we have one unhappy client right now. And that unhappy client started hiring this position about six, seven months ago with us. And they said, we don't need it. It's like, this is kind of a three months out sort of thing. And we said, hey, for what you're looking for, this specific skill set, and for the budget that you have, like, this is not a fast fill. This is like, we could just stumble upon the person, but more, more likely this is going to take some time. And they, uh, they said, yeah, 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 we know, we know. And now here we are six, seven months later. And they're like, Hey, we are hurting for this position. And we were like, yeah, we told you it's going to take some time. Um, and it's like, no one, like no one in my company, like saying, Hey, we were right. But that's ultimately the position that this client has put us in. And I think that like everyone is guilty of is we, we, think through right now what is most painful. And maybe if we're really good at what we do, we're thinking, you know, three months down the line, but we're not thinking about what happens, you know, it's like, I, I hope my director of recruiting never leaves me, but like, you better believe that if she did, I already have a pipeline. I already have a strategy. I have a list of names so that the, the day that that happens, and please God, let it never happen. But the day that that happens, I'm not sitting there like, oh my gosh, like I will never recover. Or is this the end of my business? And I think that's where so many agency owners end up is, is this going to be the thing that cripples me? Yeah, man, it's, it's such an insight. It sounds like what you're saying is always be hiring, just like you should always be selling so that you know, you've got, you've got options, you've got levers that you can pull, you've got people that can get pulled in. Um, and the other thing I'll say is I, those that are listening, I'm sure that there's some of them that heard me say, like most people that start that work for me today, freelance, 
um, and they're thinking like, well, why would anyone go for that? And it's like, you'd be amazed how many people are willing to freelance on the side at their current job because that is way less risky than them putting in their two weeks notice and then coming over to work with us and then finding out that we're assholes and they don't want to work for us. Mm -hmm. um, it's way more fun for them to say, oh, I can just do you know a few hours a week on this project and get a feel for these folks and see if it's actually a fit. Um, it's a great way to de-risk it for both sides. And if you, to your point, if you're having those conversations all the time, this kind of stuff can be happening. They can do that on evenings and weekends and you give yourself way more security I think that's a huge unlock and it takes this conversation that easily could have been very, very tactical about, you know, what are the tactics in your hiring process, which it sounds like there's too much focus on. And we brought it up to, I think, a much more important strategic mm -hmm. thinking, which is um, just like sales, there's leverage to be had in hiring. And that comes from having it be a muscle or a motion in the business that's constantly happening as opposed to something that is an event. An event, it's a process, not an event. Yes. It's a process, not an event. Megan, I know we're getting to time and I don't want to keep you here longer than our schedule time because if I know you well, I know that you have another call to get to after this. So with all that said, for those that are listening that want to dig into more of the content that you produce, your thinking, where should they go to find more information on you and what you do? Well, pretty much uh, everywhere on the internet, we are at the Queen of Ops. So you can... Find us on Facebook, Instagram, probably other places. I don't know. My team is responsible for that. Uh, for me personally, I talk a lot about leadership and the lessons that I'm learning. I like to be like uncomfortably transparent with what's really going on. So if that's the kind of thing that interests you, I am Megan, M-E-G-A-N, Keithen, K-U-E-T-H-E-N, pretty much everywhere. You can just Google me. And yeah, that's that's where to find me. All right. So links to all of that in the show notes, make sure you scroll down if you want to get into Megan's world. And with that, Megan, any final words of advice for those uh, tuning in today? Be kind to yourself, be kind to your people. Your people will grow your thing bigger than you can grow it on your own. So just be nice to them. There you have it. So if you're listening to the show and you have some feedback, you have some questions, you have some insights, leave us a comment wherever you're listening to this. We always love to hear from you. And Megan, thank you so much for making time for us today. This was awesome. And I look forward to talking to you again very soon. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener, and we will see you on the next episode.
Thanks so much.